Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. We are brought to you by Mio, makers of the world's first strapless heart rate monitor sports watches, and MedHab, makers of RPM Squared, an innovative system of gait analysis that slips right into your running shoes. My name is Richard Diaz. I am your host. Are you a runner? Do you love to get out and challenge yourself? Running your first marathon or maybe caught the bug of obstacle racing? Well, sit tight because this is a show you just don't want to miss. I have the great pleasure of having both founders of Obstacle Maniacs with me. And we're speaking of Gary Borad and Craig Covington. I just recently met both of these guys in my lab, did some work with them. I thought it would be fun to bring them on the show, talk about what it is they're up to, uh, and just get a nice flavorful conversation going among the three of us. Gentlemen, say hello to our audience. First of all, Richard, thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to the conversation today. So, um, again, thanks. And uh, hope to to uh, share what we're doing with the audience and at Obstacle Maniac and uh, get people interested in what we're doing and visit the website. And just for clarity's sake, that was Gary speaking. Yeah, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is Craig, and uh, again, yeah, thanks, Richard. Uh, and uh, it was good, good experience with you a couple weeks ago, and I uh, look forward to, uh, to having more learnings from, from you and uh, the work you're doing. Okay, cool. So let's, let's just kind of get right into it. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you guys to develop this Obstacle Maniacs, and what is it all about, and what do you hope to accomplish with it? We um, so we started back in 2012. Um, Gary and I um, were hanging out together, and I I'd been uh, somehow I uh, stumbled across one of those motivational uh, videos that um, Spartan did early on. There was uh, um, this is a basically I think it was titled "How Great I Am," and uh, it was a lot of different speakers, but one of them was Muhammad Ali, and uh, and it was just really good. I I watched that thing, and and I thought man, I want to do a Spartan race, you know? And uh, I posed that to Gary and I thought, and, and by the time, by the way, at that time I was a couch potato. Uh, I was, I hadn't uh, exercised in a long time. And uh, so I proposed that to, to Gary and um, he said yes. And so we, um, I, I got scared and I uh, started kind of sounds like you got married there. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I said yes to Craig. Did we go down the aisle and get, I mean, rings and stuff? Well, do, doesn't it seem like it, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going yeah, in so the wrong direction, fellas. I know. <laughs> it always yeah, goes straight yeah. downhill. Well, you know, you got to have some humor, right? So, anyway, um, so I uh, proposed uh, having uh, us going on a race, a Spartan race, and, and Gary said yes. And so we started training for the uh, Pac West in uh, 2012. This is uh, probably a few months before that, uh, and we joined up. And uh, I actually got scared enough of that obstacle race that I said, "Oh boy, I better get some training in." 
And uh, to me, that was uh, very different than just simply exercising. I couldn't get myself to do the exercise, but I started training. And uh, once we did that um, PAC Northwest race, it uh, it really imprinted on us. And we said, man, let's do another one. And we just got completely involved. And then uh, we had some conversations afterwards uh, with uh, a bunch of folks that, that uh, in the beer garden there. And, uh, and I guess Gary can chime in on that, but uh, really brought home that OC, the OCR community is special, right? And and so we came home and we missed the community was gone, right? We weren't in, we weren't there with them anymore, and so that's sort of where the idea came from. But I'll turn it over to you, Gary. You can uh, chime in too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you, you nailed it. I mean, one of the really cool things about OCR is the camaraderie. And, and you know, after the race, we all kind of sat around and we talked about the race, we talked, we reminisced about some of the obstacles, we talked about, you know, where folks were from and, 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 and you know, we got into a little bit about how they trained and whatnot. And uh, we just basically said, hey, look, you know, wouldn't it be great to be able to do these or have these kinds of conversations um, with fellow athletes um, even after the race was over? And you know, it, it wasn't something that we like ran off that month. You know, obviously that was 2012. We didn't run off and, and develop the website. It was just something that we always kind of had in the back of our minds. And so as we continued racing over the next few years, it, it, it continued to become more of, um, I guess, more solidified in our minds that, hey, this was something that was really missing. You know, you'd go to a race. And, you know, you know, Richard, you've been to the races, right? You get all excited, you get jacked up, you get to meet all your friends, you get to meet all your OCR buddies, and then you go home and it's like, well, it's over, right? You know, and you, and you just kind of need that fix again. And so that was the the goal we were trying to, uh, or the, the need, I guess, we were, you know, how do we create that same kind of energy, the same kind of community around OCR, you know, where we can share ideas, share diet, share training, share, you know, race reviews or whatever, um, all week long and not have to wait, you know, for the, uh, the race every weekend. So that was where we, um, uh, that's what we were trying to accomplish. And that's still on that journey, right? And that's where we're trying to head to. And obviously we just, you know, announced Obstacle Maniac or, or brought it to the market about, you know, six, eight months ago. But, um, so, so it's been an evolution, right? It's just every time we go to a race, we get that energy. And then every time after the race, we go home and, um, you know, and, and, and it's over. And so we finally came to the conclusion that we need to fill this gap. We need to have an, a place where people can come to, to share their experiences. You know, sure. There are some other websites out there that are fairly unidirectional. It's messaging coming from, you know, OCR pros, uh, talking about their specific, um, uh, you know, ways that they, that they train. But what we really wanted to create was a platform for everybody in the community, everybody that's in OCR, regardless of whether you're an elite athlete or just somebody just starting that maybe has questions about how to train or questions about what to expect in a race where we can all come together and just, you know, like you're sitting around a table together and having a friendly conversation, you can come to Obstacle Maniac and have that same conversation about OCR with people that are into OCR um, or that have done it. And so that was what we were trying to accomplish. And of course, you know, we're on a journey and it's, uh, it's just started. There's a bunch of new stuff coming and we're really excited about you know, where we've started. Cool. So I'm looking at your site right now. And what I noticed here, maybe you could touch on it, 
is under trending stories, you have what you call race review, then you have something titled inspiration, and then you have something titled obstacle review. So is that typically the way you roll? Is like there you you got people that talk about the specific events they participated in and or witnessed, and people drop some inspiration and or maybe talk about a particular obstacle. Is there a is there a thread that you're trying to chase down, or is it just random? Um, I'm going to lift it just a, a little bit here, one level. What um, we're not trying to um, uh, pigeonhole people into particular topics. Those were just the ones that that we we knew were important to us and to people we talked to in the community. You know, people want to know about the the races. They want to know what, what the terrain was like, what the obstacles were like, things like that. Um, people care about the obstacles themselves because they're challenging, and so they may want to do a, a review. There's product reviews you can do. The um, but but. The, um, we're finding that actually we probably will need to extend the talk topics and maybe have some miscellaneous one or whatever. So that's not meant to be a limitation. It was just to frame it. So if people click on those little labels, then all they'll get is that uh, uh, articles or chats or um, videos or pictures about those that uh, particular topic. So if I click on product review, I'm going to get all the you know uh, information about product reviews. That's really the intention there. It just helps people to search. Got it. Okay. And then I see that you have, like, for example, the top 10 maniacs monthly. Yeah, that's Gary. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, so we, um, one of the things that, actually, I think, Craig, you, you, were, you were the genius behind this. Um, the, one of the unique things about Obstacle Maniac is it's a, it's a gamified engine, right? So one of the things, we're all competitive. We're, it's one of the reasons why we're an OCR. A lot of us yeah, probably you know 90% of the people that are in obstacle course racing have at least some level of competitiveness, and um, the gamification engine is a way that you can earn points. Basically, the more you engage Obstacle Maniac, whether it's writing articles, commenting on articles, uh, starting a chat, every time you engage Obstacle Maniac, you get points, and those points um, accrue both uh, monthly, yearly, and then for the lifetime that you're on the website. And we provide um, prizes on a monthly basis to the top three uh, maniacs, the top three point getters. Um, and so, obviously, different activities on the website get you different levels of points. Like, I believe if you write an article, you get 100 points. If you write a chat, you get 50. Commenting on an article or commenting on a chat, you get some points. Filling out your profile... There's a number of different ways you can earn points, and of course we'll continue to to expand that. So oh. top ten maniacs. The idea there is number one, give everybody visibility or opportunity to get visibility, kind of get your name in lights, and then um, reward people uh, for for uh, engaging the site. Because after all, the the information that you deliver, the articles you write, is is um, uh, information that you know, people want to hear, right? So it's experience, your experiences that uh, you're sharing, but it's experiences that people want to learn from. Cool. Very cool. Well, I think that there's definitely room for this because uh, the sport, being as new as it is, there's a lot of questions to be answered, right? Absolutely. And I think, again, just going back to one of the concepts that uh, I think we talked about a little bit earlier, we can almost always get information 
from elite athletes um, because you know, a lot of them have their own websites. And, you know, and they're in a variety of different places, right? That's fine. But sometimes when you're just starting or sometimes, you know, when you've only done a couple of races, learning from people that are just like you is as important, in some cases even more important, than it is learning from an elite athlete. So how do we give those people a voice? How do we give ordinary obstacle course racers a voice that also helps others that may want to learn from people that are just like them? Yeah. I mean, in perfect cases, you know, us us guys, when you showed up at your place, right? Right. So here's a couple of 57-year-old guys rolling in to learn about, you know, gait analysis and learn about, you know, VO2 max. Well, you know, learning that from somebody that's, you know, a professional racer or a professional runner or somebody that's got, you know, 70 VO2 max isn't going to be that helpful for me. No. Right? So how do I learn from other people that are like me that are maybe a little bit more senior in terms of, you know, age or whatever, or a little more life experience maybe is a better way to put it. But how do we learn from other people? And, you know, if you show up and let's say you're, okay, you're, you know, a little overweight or you're, you know, whatever limitations you might have, how do you learn from people, from elite athletes? You can't. You want to learn from other people that are like you. Can I just kick in there for a second? Yep. A couple things. First of all, before obstacle racing, I come from being involved with a lot of runners, but if you go deep enough with me, I, I have a lot of history in triathlon. And it's funny. I had a guy send me a video, a series of videos, as a matter of fact, this morning, from Holland, and this guy came to Holland and was interested in learning about different Vogue training principles that were, you know, happening in the U.S. And I don't know, I just uh, I got moved by the dude, and and I invited him over. He stayed with me a little bit, and and I introduced him to spinning when it first first became a thing. Right? He just sent me video clips of me teaching spinning classes a little over 20 years ago. Wow. It was kind of fun. but where, cool. Yeah, where I'm going with this, uh, I got a little off track, but where I'm going with this is that here I am, older than you guys, and recently, well, last year I think it was, I, I did my last triathlon. I call it my last triathlon because I'm pretty convinced I won't do it again. And by the way, I said that the last time I said it was my last triathlon. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. I think we saw you out uh, on Facebook out uh, training for your next one. That was right? ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what compelled me to do that, but uh, I, it's just I, embarrassing I, as all hell. We're taking. Uh, I loved it, man. But anyway, for whatever it's worth, when I decided that I'm going to do this triathlon, in by nature, I'm I'm pretty competitive. I got to tell you, and. So I started doing, I started calling in favors. And what I did is I, I got a set of race wheels that, you know, these wheels are not for mere mortals. Most people believe they're, you know, a little over $3,000 a pair for my bike. And I got an aero helmet. And, I mean, I started looking for all these little things that I can do. And you talk about something that looks ridiculous going down the road. You know, you got this chubby 63-year-old man going down the road with an aero helmet and these race wheels. But the way I look at it is that I'm in it to win it. I mean, regardless, I'm, I'm going to do the very, very best I can. And if that means that I can shave a few seconds off by wearing that stupid helmet and shave a few minutes off by getting those really bitching wheels, I'm all in. 
and I and, and my argument was with my friends is that whatever I can do to get a little faster, I need it because the things that I used to depend on, which was this you know this awesome body that can just pull me through space powerfully, is not quite the awesome body that it once was. So I need to use science as best I can to to get through it. So. Going back to the whole commentary about, uh, you know, here's a couple 57-year-old guys come into the lab, get a VO2 test, what have you. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Why would you never think to do something like that? Because you got to get smarter. As we get older, the the asset is your your knowledge. I mean, you, you need to be as sharp as you possibly can because when other things begin to falter, you know, we gotta we gotta lend ourselves towards our seasoned and veteran minds, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's that there's that saying, right, that uh, wisdom will overcome youth and exuberance any day of the week. Maybe it's not true in a physical race, but I, I think it does point to the fact that you're saying. I mean, you've got to get better. And actually, I mean, when we connected up on Facebook and and I asked the question, you know. Uh, hey, do you think, you know, at, at 56, 57 that I'd be able to, you know, improve my VO2 max much? And I don't think he, we were even talking about mechanics at that point. But um, the uh, your answer was, yeah, I, you know, I bet that uh, you're not even uh, or you're pretty certain about it. You're not even at the peak of what you can achieve uh, at your age. I think you actually added in there that I'm still a young guy, but... <laughs> But anyway, I, I agree with you completely on that. And let me, I just want to comment on one other thing, too, that, that you sort of uh, hit on. And that is that in um, the OCR community, or what OCR racing does for a segment of the, of the runners, the population, is it always calls them to become better. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that get out there and just have fun. They go races. They don't race. They run, and they it's like teamwork for them. It's, you know, a bunch of fun, and that's cool. But there's also this segment that Gary and I fall into that's like, man, i got to get better. How do I get better? And it's just a constant uh, evolution. And uh, that's kind of how I got into VO2 Max, um, you know, and started looking at that. I never even looked at it before, but it's, you know, it's um, – it's it's a kind of a hard topic to figure out, and uh, you know. But when we latched on to you, it was like, okay, wow, we've got an expert that can help us out. It was, uh, I think that's you know, one OCR helps people get better at what they're doing, and um, you know, it's really good to have experts to lean on as well. Right. Yeah, but it's it's interesting that your your point, Craig, because I think when you and I first went to our first race. Our, our, I think our mental model was let's we're just going to have a good time and make it through it, right? Yep. We, we, we were yeah. trying to survive. Um, <laughs> and then I think it wasn't more than a couple of races later. I mean, the first epiphany for me after doing that first race was our training was completely wrong. We were tra- I mean, <laughs> I was running down this paved path near my home, which was relatively flat, um, and thinking I was training for an OCR race, which, you know, anybody that's done an OCR race knows that that's not real training. Um, unless you're getting up on single track trail and, you know, hitting, hitting some pretty serious uh, steeps, you're not training, uh, notwithstanding all the obstacles and whatnot. So my point here is, is, you know, you go into your first race, and I think a lot of people go into their first race thinking, hey, this will be a fun thing to do. And then what happens is for 90% of the people is you're hooked immediately, yeah? 
Now you want to go out and do race number two or race number three, and then you get into this mode of how do I get better? How do I improve my performance? And you know, maybe that's not 100% of the people that do these things, but I think it's a high, a high percentage. I think it is. I think it is 100%. <laughs> and, and And then that's where guys like you come in, Richard, which is, okay, uh, and to the point you were just making is how do I, regardless of where I am in the continuum of age or ability, get better? And that, and, and you know, we've seen, you know, you and I talked on Facebook, and of course, you know, you're, you're, you've been working with a lot of top athletes, not just in this sport, but, but but you know, a variety of other sports. You know, we talked about the hockey team, the LA Heat Kings, um, and, and of course, triathletes and whatnot, but also mostly elite athletes. But what people don't know is that you're, you know, that, that everybody can benefit from understanding how to you know, improve your gait, improve your VO2 max, reduce injury, which is a big deal. And this was one of the really compelling things that we learned when we went to your place, which has, you know, been fantastic for, at least for me, I, I got some, I'm already on this path that you've set me off on to try to improve um, at my age, right? So it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, let, let me share with you, gentlemen, that first of all, if people saw what I do day to day, they'd be surprised. Because... I have, a, you know, and these ladies listen to my, my podcast, and, you know, they're like family anymore, but I have a group of ladies that I work with, and we train together literally six days per week and have been for years. And they are the first thing I do in the morning is we get together, and, for example, just before this podcast, we went out and ran. Uh, I think I, I put in a little over five miles, and... One of the ladies that is training with me right now, she's 71 years old. And she's been training with me since the day she walked into my place. This is before I moved into the secret lab. This is when I had the storefront and the whole thing. As a matter of fact, on my site, there's a testimonial from her that's probably uh, five or six years old. But she said in the testimonial that she walked into my place because just on a whim, she said that she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we started training, and, and initially the, the goal was to help her lose some weight and get her in a better place. She lost 11 inches off of her waist, and I don't know how much weight she dropped, but she's been training with me for years now, and she is now training for the Big Sur Marathon. This will be her third race at Big Sur. Wow. And every year that she's done Big Sur so far, she's improved dramatically. I'm talking like dropping off like half an hour at a, at a clip uh, between the races. Wow. And so here she is now, um, 71, and I am pretty confident that she's going to break the time that she set last year. And so here she goes. If you were to watch her run, she's textbook. She runs almost with impeccable form. She's conscious of the need to cover all the deal points that you and I, and, or the, you guys and, and my clients uh, alike have discussed many, many, many times. And she's always looking at heart rate. She's tracking her data. And she always is very, very hyper-conscious of the way she's moving through space. And it's paying off. And... Um, a little while ago, if you, I don't know if you noticed it, but I did post it up on, on Facebook. There's a little video clip of her doing overspeed work on the treadmill. 
and doing hill repeats at eight and a half miles per hour. And keep in mind, again, this is a 71-year-old woman, and we're doing interval repeats on about a five or six uh, degree incline at eight and a half miles per hour. And I think that's pretty impressive. So going back to the whole idea that, eh, you know, I don't know, maybe some people are interested in improving. I got, I got to tell you, if you got an ego at all, you always want to do better than you did. And I think that when you start to figure out there's so many things that can get in your way in an obstacle race, and you start to figure out how to contend with these obstacles more efficiently and the points in between the obstacles more efficiently, there's lots of room for improvement. There really is. You know, the um, the one thing that uh, surprised me a lot um, when we came up there, um, Richard, was that you know, I've been thinking about metabolism, I think, you know, VO2 max and all that kind of good stuff like that and how I get faster by, you know, improving those qualities or attributes. Uh, and I, and, and of course, training, right? But I never even thought about um, any of the mechanics stuff, right? Like gait analysis. That that just floored me when you started going through that and um, started, and I watched Gary improve, um, you know, really dramatically but to me it was just a whole new window so so there's it's it's very good to, to get with an expert and uh, and go through that the other thing i wanted to say is um that you know you commented about this woman that she she's getting better but it made me think about another aspect of the ocr community um and it's it really goes back to me getting off the couch. I mean, I really was a couch potato, and I tried exercise, and I just couldn't do it because I didn't have any interest. There was no why am I doing this that was powerful enough. But once I started train, uh, actually racing, then I started training, and it's a very big distinction for me: exercise versus training. What I do is is training. Um, but but getting off the couch is is part of the story, and it's really a, a story of the heart, right? You you hear all the time people in the OCR community say that OCR saved their lives. It's just an amazing thing about this sport. It has such a unique community, um, and that that attribute for me is I, I'm I marvel at it, and and I really appreciate it a lot. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and I think that's another aspect of you know obstacle maniac is. It is trying to inspire people through the eyes of other people that have done just what what Craig talked about there, right? right. Um, so, you know, we're, we're we're all on this journey together, right? And some of us are a little bit further along on that journey. And how can those people that are just starting off take advantage of the experiences and the learnings of people that may be a little bit ahead of them in that journey? Right. That's, now, that's, that's the special thing about Obstacle Maniac because it becomes, um, at, we used to, we, in the early days when we were first building it, we used to have this kind of uh, soundbite, athletes helping other athletes be better athletes. And, of course, that's very repetitive, but it really is the essence of what um, what we're trying to do. I, I'm sitting here looking at your site, and it occurred to me in the, in the thread of the conversation we're having about training and, and aspiration to improve and there, if you're, I don't know if it ever occurred to you, but you have a sense of responsibility that now is in your lap because you're posting information about the sport. Now, it's one thing to to talk about inspiration or to review a race, which is you know highly opinionated, but when you start getting into the world of training and training concepts, 
that's a sticky wicket because as soon as you tell someone that this is the way to do things, you're going to get five people that are going to tell you that why that isn't the way to do things. And I run into this a lot with what I do, clearly. And I would almost say that uh, I'm probably more guilty than most because I'm critical. And I think part of the criticism that I have is because I've been at this for a really long time. And I don't like to develop commentary around opinion because everybody's got one of those. I mean, I like science. I like I like to validate the work and I like to be able to prove that what I'm saying is true. And I think that that's a big, big difference between how I approach things and a lot of guys approach things. And it's not because I'm smarter. I think it's because somewhere along the way I got vested in the work heavily, financially, to put myself in a position to be able to quantify work instead of just having an opinion about it. And I could see where it would be great if you had a forum on your uh, site where you talked about various training elements. And when I say various, it's because there's so many things. I mean, uh, I work with Yancey a little bit in Yancey Camp, and I watched him. We were in Austin, Texas, doing a clinic for him and some of his people. And I watched him at the Austin Running Event, I guess they call it, which is basically an expo for everything to do with running. A lot of uh, vendors selling shoes, things like that. But they had a Spartan demo set up. And he was teaching people how to get over a wall. He was teaching people how to climb a rope. And this is stuff that I think people need to know. I mean, if you're going to be in the sport, how the hell do you get over the wall? How the hell do you climb that rope? And there's a way to do these things, which really makes a huge difference. I'm sure you know this. And the difference between having to burp you out or lose your bracelet. For whatever it's worth, I think it's it's a wide open field right now in respect to this sport because there's not a lot of experts, really, to speak of in the sport where training is concerned. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, in fact, we've got a fellow that has written some articles, um, very specific articles on our, our, our site, a fellow by the name of Lawrence Caldwell, on, um, and then another one, Dale, Dale Henniger, um, articles about how to overcome some of these obstacles. I guess the one thing that I would say um, is, and this goes back to we're all different animals, right? We're all different ages. We're all learning from one another is we don't necessarily want to be the filter for how, the, what the right way is or the wrong way is to do things. We want to allow the community to tell each other, hey, what, 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 what works for you? Um, and then others in the community can go try it and either it proved out it worked or it didn't prove out and therefore try something different. But your point, actually, there's two points I want to make. Your point about having kind of a special place on our website where kind of professional um, uh, training on how to overcome obstacles uh, is a good one. Uh, I like it. And it's something that we should think about, Craig. But, you know, one thing that you mentioned, and I'm going to segue back a little bit, is the anti camp and talking about how to overcome obstacles. But when you do an OCR race, most of the OCR race is running. Right. And, you know, running is, 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 you can argue, in, you know, in a sprint, but certainly when you get to supers and beasts, is the biggest component of the race. And so how do you run well? I mean, I, 
I, I see people on Facebook or on our website talking about how do you train for an event, and you say, okay, go run five miles. Well, go running in five, go, going to run five miles, are you going to go run it the right way or the wrong way? Are you going to have the right mechanics or the wrong mechanics? And that, people that just think, I'm going to go out and run, great, You've, you, 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 that's fantastic. But if you want to go out and improve what you're doing, you want to go out and run the right way, and that's where guys like you come in. And that may be a, may, may be a module for us or an opportunity for us as well. Right. Well, i got to tell you, uh, relative to the distances, I have a video that I'm going to post probably later today if I have a chance to do it. Worst case, sometime before the end of the week, I'll, I'll post this. But uh, I did a training session with Hunter McIntyre yesterday. And Hunter comes to me every week, and he never knows very specifically what I have in, intended for him. He just knows that it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Yeah. And we we set about doing something that I I like to feel is interesting, and I think it in his wheelhouse, but something that he probably would not do on his own, because there's plenty of things that he does on his own. So yesterday, I took him to this little park, and you got to realize for me, I look at these guys like lab rats, and and I don't mean that condescending. I'm just you know from a scientific review, I look at these guys like lab rats. And I put him to the test. I mean, you said that. Yeah, well, he knows. <laughs> I, I literally I literally was throwing stuff at him to see what would happen if I did. And I was really amazed at how well he was able to take on the challenges I threw at him. And I'm talking about I was throwing some serious work at him. And... Getting into the concept of being able to recover in a run, being able to run hard while you're recovering during a run, capable of going into the next obstacle hard and come out of the obstacle and able to perform hard. I liken it to doing a sprint event. And we we actually commented on that because he's planning to go and race uh, Phoenix. And I said... Looks like we've been going at this about 40 minutes right now. He goes, yep, I would have been long done in Phoenix. <laughs> and the obstacles that I threw at him, I guess if you were to compare it, it would probably be kind of like a warrior dash because there was no there was no terrain really to speak of. And, you know, we were, well, the, the, the park has a dirt track, which is a quarter-mile track. It's got a um, a place to do chins and a place where the bar is low enough where you can get to it to do muscle-ups. So try to imagine doing a muscle-up. You understand what that is, where you grab the bar and push your body up above so that your arms are extended like at your waist, shoulders high, and then back off the ground and then back up again. And then So that's really kind of a pushing exercise followed by chin-ups. So 10 muscle-ups, 10 chin-ups, 400 hard around the track. I brought a 62-pound kettlebell, and we're doing overhead squat presses off each arm into a low crawl where I would call out, now, drop, do the push-ups. Where, so his, his shoulders are loaded up. Now i got him crawling across the ground at various speeds into 10 push-ups, crawl, 10 push-ups, crawl, lower, faster, 10 push-ups, crawl, now run 800 hard. Just just whatever I could think of to throw at him to make his life challenged. And he got through this stuff, and I swear there was no call or need for 
a break. And I don't know. I, I've worked, like I've told you, I've worked with a lot of different athletes. I've never seen athletes produce that much work in such a short period of time. And, I mean, I, I know other guys that are very good at this type of thing, but OCR is really unique. And I keep that's, this is kind of what gets me up in the morning is that it's so challenging for me as an observer and a, a coach, trainer, to figure this out. And I always make the reference to it as being like a Rubik's Cube. So I get this whole – the reason I'm here, the reason I'm in it, the reason we're having this conversation – it's because I have also gathered this inspiration from this sport. And obviously I gathered it from a different view, but I like where it's going. I do love the community at large. I think that it's, it's a completely different group of folks, and it's. I just hope that it, that it continues and proliferates into something bigger and more uh, rewarding for the pros and rewarding for the people that participate. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I appreciate you saying that, um, Richard. It's uh, it's it's good to hear that from you. Again, it kind of harkens back to how valuable OCR uh, is to to people. I want to just um, kind of go back to one thing that you mentioned earlier that you know we have a responsibility on uh, obstacle maniac and uh, around the training and stuff like that. You know, our model, it's interesting. Our model is that it's sort of the crowdsourced model, right? That basically people, we're, our, um, our obstacle maniac is really just a platform and we allow people to uh, post up what they want on the site around obstacle, uh, sorry, obstacle racing and obstacle course racing. And, um, then the thing that we do that makes it a more a crowdsourcing model is that we allow people to like the um, articles, for example. And if you notice on the front page, the home page, there's a trending section that you referred to earlier. And what that means is that the articles that are in the top uh, left-hand corner, uh, that's the most popular one. And then it goes down from there and it's based on what people like. So if an article is really good, like, Gary mentioned Lawrence Caldwell's articles about training. Those are really good. And people just say, okay, I like that one. That's a good one. Then it goes to the top. Any of those articles that are written by people that don't get liked, they just, you know, they exit uh, stage right on the uh, recent articles pretty quickly. So it's not, it's not an actual expert necessarily, but it does, it's, you know, the crowdsourcing model. So we do get some judgment in there from the OCR community. That's an interesting point. It really is. I think that's a great way to approach it too. Yeah, yeah. I think we, I think it was one of the unique things that we hit on that was very very important early on. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, there's because it's such virgin territory. It's you get a lot of people that are coming out with some outlandish ideas, and I think that there's probably some argument, positive argument behind that because. It's getting people to think about all sorts of things. In order for you to be educated, I think it's important that you look at everything. You can't just look at a narrow focus and just follow the leader, so to speak. You have to be open to change and be able to ask questions and be prepared for learning that maybe what you were doing wasn't working and maybe what you should be doing you hadn't been doing. And and I think that that's, again, it's a very, very open 
uh, slate right now. We we really have no solid references in respect to what is the appropriate things to do. And yeah. you know, on that thread, I had this conversation with Hunter yesterday when we were training. I break things down uh, differently as opposed to looking at an obstacle or looking at running. The obstacles are interesting to me because they are all dynamic, and people talk about grip strength. Well, grip strength to me would be to hold on to something and have a good, tight grip. It's a whole other thing when you're in motion. So dynamic grip strength changes the whole concept of grip strength. And realize that pretty much everything you do in that sport where grip strength is important, it becomes a function of dynamic grip strength. So I started thinking about things you can do to put your grip through a range of motion or challenge it in multi-planner fashion, meaning in multiple directions. And I think that that would be a good training attribute. And so I kind of dig, I peel it back a little further than most people might. And I look at the basis behind the process and try to figure out what things are most critical to approach and what would be the path to a beneficial outcome. And that's, I'm getting a little weird with you. I apologize. But that's kind of how I roll. I look at this stuff from a completely different perspective than, than I think most consumers of the sport do. They look at the wall, think, i got to get over the wall. How can I get over the wall? And I start thinking about the parts of your body that need to be mechanized and, and what would be the training attributes in order to get over the wall for whatever sport. Yeah, yeah I, think, uh, I think there's a... a a few things in there. So I, I agree with you what you said earlier that, you know, getting to an obstacle, uh, heading into it uh, aggressively fast, that's not the exact word you use, but then being able to come out and explode out from that obstacle, that's incredibly difficult. So it's, it's how do you train yourself to have your heart rate peak over and over and over again? Because I find in a, in a race, uh, when I'm racing, uh, that, you know, the first couple of obstacles, my, I know my heart rate's going up but I can get it back down. As I go through a race, like in a super, or if there's just a lot of obstacles towards the end of that, it's hard for me to manage my heart rate back down uh, no matter what I do. So, But whatever you can do to train yourself to repeatedly do that um, is a good thing. I think CrossFit's a good exercise. And there's a lot of you know um, body um, work that uh, that you can do as well, like you know, push-ups, pull-ups, you know, um, kettlebell things that are, that are um, you know, exercises. In fact, Gary's training, I think, you know, maybe, I don't know if you want to comment on what you do, Gary, but I think it's a really good training, uh, what you mix up the, um, you know, body weight exercising with, uh, with your running. Talking yeah. to Gary, what do you do? Uh, I, you know, I think, um, I try to emulate the race. Uh, it sounds a lot like what you do or what you were doing the other day with Hunter. Um, with uh, either quarter mile or half mile um, runs mixed in with some level of so, some exercise. I think, you know, this is all an experiment, right? We're all learning as we go. And as you pointed out, Richard, there is still some, we're, we're still kind of coming together around what is the right way to train. But, I, you know, my model is or was uh, largely trained like the race is going to unfold. So whether it's quarter mile, half mile, do 10 pull-ups or, you know, I was doing some, some, uh, you know, hit training, um, and then a quarter mile and then another hit and then a quarter mile. So, um, that's, I think when I talk to people that you know, prepare for OCR uh, races, I think pretty, a pretty typical 
um, methodology, one of the things that I took away from our experience together was to actually spend more time running. Um, and I think that's probably right because if you think about, you don't want to lose the strength, you don't want to lose the uh, the mechanics of you know being able to do obstacles. But if you think about a race and you think about a performance, there's actually more running than there is obstacles. You don't want to fail an obstacle, so you want to be, you know you want to be talented enough to do the obstacles. Um, but if you're looking for overall improvement, I I just took away from our conversation, Richard, that you know really work on your mechanics, work on your gait, work on you know um, running and, and work on the right mechanics so you don't get injured so that you're able to run all the races you want to run during the year. So that's, I, I think, a, an adjustment that I've made since our time together. Well, the other thing, and, you, and since we brought this up and you segued very nicely into what I'm going to say next, is, in, again, I keep referencing the training because it's so fresh in my mind, we just did it. But the conversation we were having is... Um, Hunter had commented to me, and for a while he was being trained by Brian McKenzie, who is the CrossFit guy, right? CrossFit Endurance. Yeah. And McKenzie had him doing that type of work all the time. And what you're going to find is that doing what we did yesterday all the time is going to do nothing more than burn you out, break you down, and leave you wanting. You don't want to do that type of work all the time. You want to be able to put this work together periodically, and as I suggested, I see him once a week commonly, and I try to do to him, for him, what he would not do on his own. So I will create a mix that will be what I refer to as sports-specific. And I took into account that with a race coming up like this sprint, that it would be interesting to see pretty much where he lays against that type of intensity over a short duration. But his weekly training should be, as you suggested, focusing on becoming a better runner and keeping his aerobic component high so that he can manage the cost to work more efficiently when he's challenged. But you don't throw that stuff at yourself all the time because you're soliciting to the wrong energy systems. If you're, if you're hoping to improve your ability to recover and that's all you do is high-intensity work all the time, you're making a big mistake. And you also run the risk of potentially doing some damage to some tendons or ligaments in the shoulder girdle or whatever. And so I don't believe that that's the cure-all process. It would seem like on paper, if you're going to do this type of racing, that's the type of training you should do. And that's true to some extent, but you just don't want to have it on your plate every morning. Yeah, and that's what I was doing before we, we had time together. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I think about um, – not just obstacle maniac, but other sources in our industry. And largely the conversation is about the obstacles. I almost never hear a conversation about running mechanics, you know, maybe once or twice, but you really don't hear much about running mechanics or the importance of running or the importance of doing it right. Um, in any of these places, yet it's probably the most single, most important factor in race performance. Well, you know that I've interviewed pretty much, oh, uh, not everybody, but I would say 90% of the elite athletes in this sport. I don't know if that's a true statement, but I, let's, just, let's just say that I've interviewed a bunch of them. And I have yet to have one of these folks yet tell me 
that they didn't feel that running was as important as the obstacles. And I mean literally all of them. And I, and I, I purposely asked them for a percentage of importance. And what I commonly will get back is between 80 to 90% is how important running is in the, in the scheme of things. And what's really interesting in all of this is that that is typically about 20% of the, of the influence that most OCR athletes uh, put into their training. And the reason is because they find that when they do run a lot, they hurt themselves. So, so isn't that interesting, though? I mean, so I'd make two points. First of all, maybe the elites get how important it is, but I'd say the broader audience may not, number one. And number two, even though the elites see that as a, the highest level of importance in, a, in race performance, how many of them and how many of the broader audience, again, actually spends time thinking about or looking for a place to improve their mechanics and improve the way they run. Everybody's out there running around learning how, you know, trying to improve how they get over the wall or improve how they're going to do the hercoist or improve how they're going to do, you know, whatever, right? So it's interesting to me. I think that the level of importance may or may not be understood, but certainly the level of, of work that's put into training isn't necessarily focused on proper running mechanics. Thus is why we see so many people travel so far to see me because I'm not the guy that you find on every corner. I'm not like a McDonald's franchise. You don't see a lot of it out there. And so people are going out of their way. And I look at putting me on the road. I'm on the road this month going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to, to do this very thing, to help some OCR athletes get a better handle on the way they're moving. We've been to Texas. We're heading to Denver. We're going to British Columbia. We're, we're, we're all over the place because people are definitely starting to realize that if they want to improve in this this game that they really need to get their running game up. So I'm going to go on a limb and assume there's a membership base to your site. So in other words, people will register so that they can contribute. And can we talk about that a little bit so those that are listening will know how to do that if, in fact, they can do that? Yeah, it's, it's fairly fairly straightforward. It just go to you know, obstaclemaniac.com and uh, it's you can uh, sign up in or you know sign up by clicking in the upper right hand corner, but or you can just uh, click on uh, in the um, banner up there. It says you know post an article. Um, if you do that, it'll ask you to sign up. Um, and so it's a fairly simple, straightforward process that you uh, then fill out some information, uh, including and, and add a photo in there just so actually you can add. Photos like uh, your personal photo, uh, your profile photo, um, that will be represented uh, across the site, including on your little um, obstacle course racing or obstacle maniac um, athlete card that's uh, uh, your profile and demonstrates you across the site. And then you can also add a cover po- uh, photo like you can at uh, Twitter and um, Facebook and other uh, social sites. And, uh, and then fill out to the degree that uh, you want other people, you know, profile information, who you are as an OCR racer and what's important to you, and, and then add in the races and uh, that you've gone in and some other information. It's fairly straightforward. Cool. What have I not touched on that's important to talk about in respect to your site and where you guys are headed with it? Let me uh, – I'll just say one thing about it is – so it's a platform – basically that allows the obstacle course racing community to go in and um, become, you know, better at what they're doing or just uh, get in and have discussions, uh, write articles, share different media as well. 
But the cool thing about it that, for example, would distinguish it from Facebook is you don't have um, a bunch of different audiences that you don't, you know, have to worry about, oh, my family's on here and I have work on here and then I have my OCR community. It's just all dedicated to your uh, to OCR, right? So it's it's single threaded in that sense, but also it's it's more permanent in the sense that all of the um, articles and uh, chats and media that you put in there uh, on your profile page, there's uh, the ability, all your posts will be there. So it's like a, your own personal blog site, which is really cool. You can just send a link to that to folks and they can go in and check out all the uh, you know things you're doing in terms of training or their product reviews or race reviews, things of that nature. So that, that's sort of what I think would be important to point out there. Okay, I've got another question. Demographics, um, do you find that your audience is mostly on the West Coast, or wh where do you find the biggest participation in your site? Um, I think the, the uh, East Coast is, is pretty much uh, heavily represented. I don't know, Gary, do you have more that you want to say about that? Yeah, I, I don't have a geographic, but I remember the last analytics data I saw was, uh, you know, the, the, it was the 18 to 25 year olds, you know, uh, large, I think that was the right number, 18 to 25, maybe it was the 25 to 35, but, you know, Craig, you have the latest analytics data there, so. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, just the, the, there's a broad audience, man, we have all the way from, uh, you know, young pops who are 20 years old and uh, all the way up to, you know, our age and, and folks that are, that are older than us or more tenured, however you want to put it. Um, but uh, but then, I don't know, Gary, you may, may want to say something about the top five uh, OCR athletes that we track. Um, I think that's probably the, the most popular thing we have right now. Yeah, down at the bottom of the main page there, um, Richard, we have uh, uh, our top uh, OCRs. And if you look at, you know, there's a couple places in the industry where you can see who the top elite athletes are. Um, and they, they have their own mechanisms and their own point systems for figuring out who their top top uh, elite athletes are. One of the things we wanted to do is, again, back to the broader audience idea, is provide some visibility to who the top athletes are, not just the elites, but also within the age groups as well. Cool. So we do both. We're the only website uh, that has a, a point system that captures uh, the top racers from every age group, and we look across a variety of different events. So we've got... Of course, Spartans in there, uh, uh, you know, Battle Frogs in there, uh, Savage Race. There's a, a number of different um, uh, event management companies that we, we capture the data from, and, and, and we run it all year long. And uh, we, we've got a lot of interest in, in what we're doing with that. And we've actually had a lot of feedback from some other folks that are in the industry that are doing similar things that uh, you know, find it really, really cool. I want to one more time have you recite the URL for people to find you. Very cool, Richard. Yeah, thanks Thanks again from, from us. So it's www.obstaclemaniac.com. Very easy to find. You can also find us at Obstacle Maniac uh, on uh, Facebook as well. We have a really lively uh, community going there as well. i got to ask, would you guys, being where you are, doing what you do, would you recommend to people that they see someone like me invest the time and money to to get sorted out so they can improve in this sport? <laughs> That's easy, man. We definitely, we, you know, from my perspective, like I said before, I was 
I was amazed at, at what I learned there, and uh, and I and just watching you analyze the uh, mechanics of Gary and the other athletes that, that you had there, um, I, I was amazed. So I definitely recommend um, you in particular, Richard, that people uh, come to your your to get analyzed by you. I went through that, and I'll tell you, um, while I am still learning to try to keep my heart rate down. <laughs> which has been a challenge. Um, and as you pointed out, uh, Richard, it's a journey. But I, I'll tell you what, the adjustments that I've made to my gait, I, I can it, I can feel the improvement. It, I, it, it feels more natural. My, my, my running feels more natural. It feels easier. It feels like um, I'm not putting out the same level of effort. Now, of course, I'm keeping my heart rate down, as, he's, as you've asked me to do. But... Um, I can already get a sense that this is going to have a huge impact. Of course, we've only been at it a week and a half here, but I, I, get a, I got a good feeling about where we're heading. I'm confident that, based on what you said just now, that you're going to be you're going to have that aha moment. You're going to call me up and you're going to want to buy me a box of Cuban cigars and some very old scotch. <laughs> at least I'm hoping for that anyway. <laughs> Drink that bottle together. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much, and I'll let you guys get back to your day. Obstaclemaniacs.com, go there, visit it. I highly recommend it. Thanks, Richard. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.